This is First Contact, stories of the call center. Welcome to First Contact, stories of the call center podcast, where we share the stories of well-known thought leaders and discuss all things related to the contact center space. Join us in this journey to hear stories of success, failures, and lessons learned from the contact center world. This is brought to you by Nobel Biz, your one-stop shop for all your contact center carrier and software needs. Hey everybody, welcome back to First Contact, Stories of the Call Center. Really excited about today's show. It's a little different in the approach of what we've done in the past. And so I'd love to welcome the Vice President of Consulting Services at CGI, Hemant Gurur. Uh, look, what's really cool about today's episode is we're gonna be able to dive into how we focus into the story of uh, someone who's just had a storied history into the collection space, being able to understand some of the background that we're going to focus on the enterprise business market, and even some of the things that we're starting to see moving forward into the development and we'll say the transition companies make when we're focused on how to make great memorable experiences for our customers. So thanks so much for joining us, Amon. I'm super excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Christian, thank you. Thank you for having me and uh, I'm happy to be here and uh, looking forward to all this conversation and, and talk about all the interesting questions that you may have for me. Well, I don't know if I'll be able to have the best questions ever, but I'm hoping for a great conversation and sharing some great stories with our audience. So with that said, talking about stories, something we always do on this show is to be able to talk about your background from the perspective of how did you get into this space? How did you get your journey from where you started to where you are now? So we'd love to hear that story if you can share with us and definitely we can go from there. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be my pleasure. And I think, you know, uh, it's 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 so interesting and I, I'm, I'm coming close to be uh, finishing my 20th year at CGI. So it's been a been a long, memorable uh, journey that I have lost count of counting years, to be honest with you. Uh, so it's, it's been fun. It's been really fun uh, working for this organization, especially what, what I've been doing in, in the recent past. Uh, I, started, I started my quote-unquote career uh, in India with CGI about, as I said, 20 years ago. Uh, just out of college, uh, being a developer like most engineers uh, do and choose to do, right? And and you know, I I I was not sure whether I would be prepared for this life. Uh, the funny part was uh, I would have been uh, I would have been in Air Force in India uh, before coming to software as an industry. So uh, I I I chose a different path, uh, and I was not sure how is this going to turn out. Uh, you know, I was I would I would have joined Air Force. I ended up being in software, uh, and so far it's been a phenomenal uh, journey, if I would say, right? And and I and I've cherished every every bit of this time uh, from being just a developer in earlier days, and then turning myself into become more focused on as a solution architect and somebody who can solve problems. You know, look at a bigger problem and how we can put put together things which can help resolve issues. Uh, to our clients and customers, right, and 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 that has been my primary focus. You know, coming, uh, bringing the technology uh, knowledge and expertise, and and trying to make make that unison, which which is hard to achieve these days, 
the yeah. people process technology uh, now uh, trifecta as i call it uh, and and addressing the so what factors right you know that's what i've been no matter which role i played uh, my prim- primary focus has been so what so today uh, as per your introduction initially uh, been doing this for about 2 or 3 years now i'm i'm focused exclusively on on leading and transforming our uh, our credit platform uh CGS credit platform some of the listeners and 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 audience here may be aware of CGI being one of the uh you know preferred uh, collection product uh, vendor uh, out in the industry uh, with our deep knowledge in default management as as a perspective uh, we are changing how the future of 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 collections and default management should be doing and how it should work and at the same time we don't want to be isolated in a silo world of just default management so we are taking this problem up the stream and trying to solve this entire ecosystem of credit uh, uh you know challenges both starting from origination servicing and collection so I'll probably not bore too much about the product itself and probably in one of the question we can dive into it uh, but that's where i'm focused right now in 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 helping uh helping us as 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 come to uh, come to a place where we can really solve the trifecta of people process technology uh in this case people could be our clients and their clients and customer uh, process could be in how the industry could be leading the compliance complexities uh and so on and so forth and technology is that there is no dearth for technology in this day and age like the one which we are having right now sitting in our own comfort of room and and recording this conversation right so how do we bring the technology to make those so what's happen so that's that's been my primary focus uh, uh, what what i'm doing today from where i came and what what i'll be heading turn focusing on in the next few years here well that's perfect and what's neat about that journey is you've been there long enough to see really the change of how CGI went from where you were 20 years ago not only in your own career path and where you've been able to make impacts but just overall as a company the company's approach to business how to develop and provide product services technology and how to listen to your customers and what they're looking for could you give us a little snapshot obviously for those i i know you gave a little bit of insight into what CGI does but CGI does collectively various things as an expert in many ways and brings great products, services and technology to the market. And I'd love to be able to give our audience for those who don't know CGI well enough, who do you service? Do you have a little bit more background on kind of who you are as a company, but then where you started 20 years ago? What was CGI like then and what is it now? What are you going towards now and going into the future? That's that's a that's a very interesting question i probably address the first part of the question you know when i started uh in you know cgi was uh, was uh, was about uh, uh 5000 6000 people strong you know when i started my career early in india and in india we were only about 300 400 people of developers working there um and and you know when i look back and see and, and this is this is phenomenal uh we are uh we are one of the leading providers in in IT and business consulting services today uh with over 88000 consultants uh working in our 400 offices worldwide uh so i think you know what what is what is what is fun about this company uh is the fact about how we grew you know how 
how we grew and more importantly, how we retained the DNA of who we are. You know, putting clients uh, at the center of everything and members at the center of everything. You know, in fact, in CGI, we have three uh, focus stakeholders that we always call, right? You know, uh, member and client always take the first uh, zone and then the shareholders, right? So we look at all these three stakeholders and any pro any problem we do, any any solve pro any problem that we go to solve for is is that that becomes our focus as to how are we making sure we are doing this right by our clients, right by our members, and definitely more importantly, uh, being a large organization, uh, you know, how are we making sure that our shareholders are are responsible? And it's interesting to notice we are one of the very few companies where uh, all our members are shareholders too, right? You know, uh, in, a, in a great way with this volume. So that is that is who we are uh, from the sheer volume and size wise, uh, you know, and what we do is we, we generally focus on the holistic digital transformation capability, right? You know, how do we, how do we not just go to a conversation to a customer and say, hey, we have a tool, use it, right? That's not our approach. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, buy this tool and use it. Our approach is that, okay, what is the problem that, that needs to be solved here, right? And, and how can I bring, bring, my, bring our people, our process methodologies, and our technology, in this case, tool and, 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 and capability, it could be our IP or an accelerator that we may have built uh, to solve that given business problem. This gives us a very interesting perspective of, of who we are and how do we differentiate ourselves uh, from many providers which are out there in the market, right? It's all about focused on that value creation, be it on the IP side or just on a, you know, consultative, IT consultative side as well. Um, and, and that is how, you know, we, we, we position ourselves as a different company, uh, the way we think, the way we operate and the way we engage, right? And this, this, this is what makes us uh, quite unique. And again, going back to the other comment that I made is that, as I said before, I, it's surprising that our, our our DNA has still the same what it was twenty years ago. You know, uh, wow. it's it's even with this growth, you know, our approach on how we think about things has not really changed, and it should not. If you ask me, uh, quite candidly, right? You know, what's the point if 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 you know if we if we focus on something else uh, when when the real reason why we grew was because we focused on the right things? You know, if if it makes sense. Uh, so that is where uh, we, we 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 double down on our on philosophy, the approach, uh, our constitution, so to speak, our dream on who we want to be. Uh, all that has always been uh, as right center of our our core values, right? And and in even today, uh, you know, Serge Godin, uh, who who was one of the key founders for this organization. Uh, you know, keeps keeps reminding us in the right way to why we don't want to be someone else, right? Uh, and why and what's the value of it? So that is where you know, going back as to maybe that's one of the reasons why some of us who've been long timers in this organization, right? Because uh, it, it 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 gives you a natural reason for you to be associated to an organization. Uh, and I'll pause there. It was a long winding answer. Uh, uh, but it was, you know, this this brings a passion in me to tell us who we are because it's it's a good story, a good story, and a good point to make across. Well, what's great about talking to someone who's been with an organization for so long 
not only being able to see that change, be part of that change, it also allows others to see why do you stick around, right? Why are you still there? What mission do you believe in so much that you say my career is here now because this is part of my chapter to make a difference and to be part of something special? But with that, though, you know, you talk about core values, you talk about being able to stay, hey, 20 years ago to today, we haven't changed so much in what we believe in and how we want to do things the right way and how we want to make an impact. But there is things that do change, right? There are things that do happen and transformation is natural, right? There's going to be something that you're doing different in the future. And one of those things I understand is your approach to your customers and then how you service them from maybe even the product standpoint. So I guess that's a good segue to, I understand in the past, right, you were really focused as a company to large enterprise, maybe banks, credit unions, uh, originators, you know, that was your core business. And your product stack was very much more of what we'll say like a premise type product. It seems like that focus was driven by some part of what was important in your business. And can you kind of talk about that part of your journey and has that transformed over the years? Is it transforming? Can you give us insight into how does the makeup of where CGI is today to where it is in the future as far as the kind of customers you have in your portfolio all the way to where is your technology going in that sense? Uh, yeah, that's that's a great segue and a, and a very important and interesting question as well. Is uh, you know, interestingly enough, all the IPs and the products that we built, right? You know, we did not we did not just build in build those in isolation, right? Those were all pertinent problems uh, that was that was that needed something to solve, right? Back in the day when. We were we were the pioneers of uh, collection industry through CACs many many years ago, uh, where we had our install base, right? And and even then, you know, our focus was how do we make this process and this 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 challenge of managing mounting, you know, concerns about regulation, mounting challenges about engaging with the customer uh, with limited technology capability back then, right? You know, but still provide a capability which which helps them solve it and and it's so it's some some somewhat you know funny and talk about collections uh, here a little bit uh, our, our product name is cax and back in the day cax stood for uh, computer uh, automated or assisted collection system right so you know it 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 it, it brings a smile in everybody's face is that okay that, yeah, that's true. We were that, you know, this is this is a big legacy here for the term CACs there because it was the, back then computer was a means of helping in automating. Now we are today where technology has advanced so heavily, so forward. Uh, and what it has done is it has made it made us think about how can we make technology solve problem. Uh, and and not be the problem in itself, right? You know, it's it's a different perspective if you look at it, right? Uh, and and identifying those key problem areas that needed to be solved, right? Like for instance, how do I understand my customer better, right? Uh, was that a problem that you needed to solve uh, twenty years ago? Maybe, but do you have enough tools to manage it? Maybe not, right? Because the data was not there. You know, the amount of data that exists today. You can start understanding your customer and 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 the customer's behavior, right? Uh, so now we want to look at how do I how do I define that? How do I create 
uh, way to for me to understand and be empathetic about a customer. Like for instance, a customer should not tell me, you know, if, uh, as a, if I'm a collection agent calling a customer, a uh, customer should not tell me that, hey, you calling me, but I am surprised that you didn't know that there was a tornado in my region yesterday. And, and today I'm struggling to, you know, get something sorted out and you're talking about what I owe you, right? So those are the kind of problems that are easily solvable, right? Uh, through the technology. So so how we have transitioned ourselves is still focused on making sure that we solve the pertinent problem. But what we are focused on right now is because everything is changing so rapidly, be it the regulatory changes, uh, be it the needs of the solution, uh, be it, you know, staffing shortages. And I'm pretty sure most of the audience that listening to this come from some sort of a call center background, right? And almost everybody would clearly accept and acknowledge there is a huge challenge uh, with the staffing uh, that's going on in the industry right now, right? How do we address that problem? Uh, and more importantly, you know, we'll, we'll come out of COVID, uh, there could be a increased risk of delinquency that needs to be solved for, right? So the, the problem is, 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 is changing, but the beauty of current world is that we have tools and technology and capability that we can really imagine things that was once not possible, right? So that's where we are focused on is, is how do we connect those dots and start solving those pertinent problem. And, and I kept, you know, I made a mention earlier is, is we don't want to fancy the tool or technology that we build, right? That's not our interest or focus. If we can address the so what, you know, using the tool and technology to get there, that's a big win, right? Uh, so, you know, to, going back to your question again here is that uh, transform the, 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 the way and the focus, the view of focus on solving a problem has not fundamentally changed. But what we have now is with technology, we get an opportunity to aggressively to go after those problems and solve them. Running a contact center these days takes a great deal of courage and fortitude. Nobel Biz would like to salute the contact center community for not giving up and working hard to drive their businesses down the road to success. As the promise keepers of the industry, our goal was to provide one of the most versatile and cost-efficient omni-channel solutions on the market. Nobel Biz Omni Plus is a cloud contact center software that gives instant access to a full range selection of channels, from voice calls, two-way SMS, email, WhatsApp, Twitter, Telegram, among others. Our solution offers complete control over the externalities by switching from an on-premise technology to a cloud-based solution in just a matter of hours. Get integrated compliance support, advanced reporting, seamless agent and supervisor dashboards, and many more performance-enhancing capabilities, all in just one product. Nobel Biz Omni Plus, the future-proof solution for scaling contact center operations. Learn more about Nobel Biz Omni Plus at www.nobelbiz.com. You know, one of the things that stood out is being able to understand your customer, right? And data, as you mentioned, the availability of data, how to use that data, and then how do you make a decision on that data in a timely manner? 
is where I see a lot of things going into the future. How do you leverage this information to make real-time decisions or close to real-time decisions? How do you then optimize these decisions so that you do not pigeonhole individual clients at the end into boxes where you say, you're this type of customer and you fit in this broader box and this is how we're gonna treat you. It seems like you've gotten to a granular level where you're saying, we can start leveraging this information at the individual level or things that are unique to groups of people that allow us to better serve them. Um, is that part of the continuous change in how you're developing your processes and your technology going forward um, as far as being able to take that data and make it more real time or more robust for your customers to serve their customers? Any insight into is that driven just by your innovative nature alone or do you also have a really good connection with that being driven by maybe the industry or your customers? And I know you also mentioned regulation. Um, I think uh, it, you know, to address that question, it's, 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 it's part of being innovative and also purposefully using innovative by listening to the problem that you're seeing, right? Uh, so we could, we can be innovative, but if we don't have the right feedback coming back from your customers and clients, which we are very fortunate to have, uh, you know, those innovation will fall on the wayside, right? You know, it, it, it may, it may sound ordinary, but when we make those innovation relevant based on the problem areas that we see, it, 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 it creates the value proposition, right? I think, I think to your question, you know, fundamentally, uh, you know, we want to be innovative, but the word innovation for us means what is the value driver associated with it, right? Uh, you know, it, it, it is, it is absolutely, uh, that, that focus that we have. Um, and going back to your, comment about understanding the customer and being very granular, right? I think, you know, fundamentally, the concept that we are focusing on is the two concepts, which is uh, one, we want, we call that as journey orchestration. Uh, and, and the other aspect, which is what we call as event-driven uh, orchestration, right? Now, we merge this to what we are focused on as part of this innovation solving this problem is how can there be an event-driven journey orchestration, right? Uh, you know, journey orchestration was always there, you know, but to your point, I have a broad spectrum of, you know, customer uh, categorization of how I want to look at my customer and customers. And based on that, I orchestrate their journey. That was always there. But what, what we are trying to focus on is being a little more granular and based on a customer situation is a certain event. Right, a certain event could trigger something. You know, I was uh, I was CBA live uh, presenting our vision uh, not too long ago, uh, where we talked about a very interesting use case where you know we could we could start thinking, looking at customer uh, you know uh, uh, situation right now, and you know if, if that customer, like I gave a mention about, somebody is in some sort of a, a distress around a natural calamity, right? Uh, so instead of Doing a collection, if that customer is in a good standing and he's only delinquent for like 30, 60 days, is there an opportunity for an organization to say, you know what, I know you are in trouble right now. We are putting this on hold. But by the way, how about we offer you a small dollar loan so that you can take some benefit out of that so that you can get over this, this challenging times that you're facing. That becomes more empathetic, right? At a very customer level. 
And that creates an opportunity for you to engage with your customer, uh, not necessarily boxed into those high level strategies, so to speak, right? But having said that, you know, uh, that's, that's, in, that's where we are heading, that's where we want to go, and that's what we continue to focus, but not just focusing on just looking at delinquency and default management. But we want to expand that little more towards entire lending and credit lifecycle, right? The, the power of making sure a customer journey starts at originating uh, some sort of a loan or a relationship service that loan or a relationship and if there is a problem down the line that it gets to a position of delinquency how do we match that both at a macro and a micro level right so that is that is how we are looking at things that's where we are changing ourselves but to your point i think our focus will be focused exclusively on how do we make it very event driven specific at a customer level at a demographic level and approach it that way so that it becomes much more empathetic and relating to our customers. Yeah, there's definitely a much more holistic view when you're able to take in all this information and then be able to leverage it in a way to be better stewards of the whole scenario, right? Whether it's their situation at that time, their history, how do you want to approach them going forward into the future? Now, with that said, though, you know, you have two customers, right? You have your customer's customer, you know, generically speaking, right? There's a person who is taking out the loan or they're ending up uh, at some point being serviced. And then maybe ultimately, unfortunately, they need to be in that position where there is some form of delinquency. But you also work with the organizations that it's their customer and you have to find a way for your technology, your processes, the way you leverage how you enable them to deal with regulatory concerns and giving them the tool sets to address that. I know in the past, you know, um, there's long integrations with older systems or systems that were much more structured in a way where it was one-to-one. This is a premise system. And I know that the future, more and more companies are trying to figure out how do I engage with my technology stack in a much more virtual cloud-oriented way and then also, how can I do so obviously in a secure manner? And then ultimately, how can I do so without it being such a heavy lift, right? Do I need this massive, massive technical team and resources to make this happen? What are you seeing at CGI or even in the industry around adopting that area, going from the customers, going from just premise to some form of cloud adoption? And then ultimately, where do you see the lift that companies have to do to make that transition? It's still a massive list with an army of people, or do you see the technology adopting something easier, quicker, faster? So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's very interesting. Uh, in this past few years, probably I would say five years, right? There has been a greater recognition of, uh, you know, of how systems have been more or less siloed uh, within one's organization, right? However large or small that organization is, it, it has been a constant struggle for, for most organizations, however big or small they are. Uh, and that, that recognition has, has really, uh, you know, started happening about five, maybe a little longer than that. But fundamentally what changed, and, and I see this as, as, you know, whenever you see a challenge, there is an opportunity with it, right? Uh, when COVID hit, uh, mm-hmm. when COVID hit, uh, the, the challenge of how nimble you are, uh, how simple you are, you know, became a little more relevant, right? 
uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Some of our clients, some of our clients, you know, uh, quickly adapted to the remote work within, within no time. And few others took months to get there, right? Uh, and and it, it's very evident and you could see where the productivity was lost, right? And organization who, who could not get there quickly for various reason, right? You know, no, no fault of theirs, but for various reason, they could not get there quickly. So what has happened is that, you know, uh, the opportunity about the challenge, you know, it's, it's, it's very bad what happened uh, during COVID. I mean, it's, it's, it, there's been a lot of personal losses everywhere. Uh, but but for the industry, it has given an opportunity to double down on their digital transformation. Uh, and it, it has become a very constant theme wherever we go. Uh, no matter we're solving for credit or collections, it, it is holistically, right? Uh, they Everybody has acknowledged, not just acknowledged, has put their full force behind in moving away from those traditional challenges that once had uh, to a much more open, openly integrated, you use all the right words of cloud native, right? Being open to being cloud because that gives them the scale and quick to adopt, right? Now, back a few years ago, if I had a conversation with, uh, with some of our customers saying that, hey, listen, we're going to have your credit origination collection system uh, on on a cloud and don't worry, we'll be you'll be fine, Uh, uh you would have seen people literally, you know, stand up and leave the room, right? Or at least raise a big concern out of it. But today there is openness to that, right? And and that openness has come because the understanding of technology has become a little more clear. But at the same time, the urgency of transforming has become much more important, right? Uh, and that urgency drives the intent and that that is where we are today, where more and more organizations have realized that that they have to break down the silos and being cloud native, being open to cloud strategies is, is probably one of the best way to go there. Now, here with CGI, we give pro, you know, utmost importance to security, right? You use the word security uh, because it's, it's important. You know, we, we take very, very, very strong focus and care and, and every solution that we call a SaaS offering from our from our IP and product and solutioning, uh, we make sure that security has no compromises place. So we're one of the reasons that we, we very strongly support our own private cloud vision is for that reason. Uh, we do have our own private cloud and we focus on investing in that space as well, along with you know being open to multi-cloud uh, as and when things open up. So security is important for us. Uh, cloud is is the way forward, uh, and and we make sure private cloud CGI provides a safe and security that most clients would look for, and not take away the flexibility and scalability that they're looking for. You know, there's so much there to unpack, right? And obviously, over all the conversations we've had through the pandemic's early stages to now, uh, with various guests and experts. You know, you've hit the nail on the head is that some companies were nimble enough. They maybe had the technology, the processes, the leadership to make those really fast decisions to say, this is what we're going to do. And if it doesn't work, we're going to do the next thing and the next thing until we figure out something that allows us to survive and then thrive. Because there's a lot of companies that had learnings from this time period where they said, hey, look, the business didn't collapse by going remote. Uh, we were able to still have productivity. We were able to figure out 
and evolve towards how do we leverage technology to still hire people, train people, to get people to still deliver performance outcomes, how to help people have what we'll call a somewhat working environment, if not a good working environment remotely versus early on, you know, it was very just, you know, IT people going to people's houses and setting up phone systems or helping them with computers and internet or whatever it may be. And now you're at a point where you're starting to see companies embrace this idea of it not only being something that goes like, oh my gosh, I can't meet my security requirements with my customers. This is insecure. Uh, I'm not able to uh, deal with this from a compliance perspective, whatever it was. So you had a lot of people that maybe stayed in offices and that dynamic was stressful for a lot of people from at least what we talked about. So what you're saying is, you know, you broke that norm, you created that urgency where you don't have a choice. You got to do this as soon as possible. And obviously CGI there as a product suite service offering and a partner in this space of accounts receivable and the, the credit journey. Um, you're saying that the technology that you offer and what you're seeing in the market is that migration to saying this technology is secure. You're able to scale it. You're able to protect your business. You're able even now to give yourself the ability to access people that are maybe outside of your physical footprint. Is there anything else that digital transformation is doing and you're seeing among either the workforce or your comp- your clients adopting them? Yeah, I think, you know, particularly going back to the, 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 you know, the challenges of, uh, call centers and, and, you know, uh, customer service centers and stuff like that. Um, the, 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 the workforce challenges exist even today, right? I think, you know, it just amplified post COVID, but problem is not going to go away anytime soon, you know, and when you look at it. And the second aspect that we have found out is that, you know, the, the customer's openness to approach things through a digital channel capability has become an important capability that they would be looking for, right? You know, there are so many banks out there who don't even have a brick and mortar uh, branches, right? So, you know, it's, 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 it, those are all different. I mean, old thinking, I should say, not a disrespect to anybody, but in general, what, what we are seeing is that everything that we do today can also be self-served. Right. Uh, as part of the digital transformation, the key aspect is that how do we give certain controls back to the customer's hand uh, so that they can they can pick the right offer, pick the right product and not having to have somebody handhold them through the process. Right. So there is there is a there is much more intelligence in and customers today so that they can make their own choices based on so many options that they have. Right. Uh, so giving them that capability of self-serving themselves provides an opportunity to solve the problem around workforce as well in this industry, right? So it's all connected to the fabric of digital transformation as you see it, but it's a suitcase word as I call it, right? There's so much to unpack within it, within the word digital transformation. But that's another element that I thought probably I missed earlier uh, that I would highlight is that that's one of the focus that we and everybody else in this industry are heading to. Yeah, I mean, I think traditionally when you think of call centers, you talk about uh, profit centers, cost centers. You think about, you know, the 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 term that we've thrown around for a long time now, a contact center, where you're leveraging these other mediums. You know, and we've talked for many years now, omni-channel, right? But I think in the end, a lot of companies when they adopt these various channels, they just it's the shiny new object. Maybe they don't know how to integrate it into the journey. It still becomes siloed 
or I only have people that do this medium and this medium actually doesn't have any visibility to this other medium. When you talk about knowing your customer, you talk about the life cycle journey that they have, right? How does CGI see working with partners, whether it's the technology stack of like the call center software all the way to the customer systems that they have, that they have other information around the customer's journey? How do you see or how are you seeing the migration from just voice over the last 20 years to now really people adopting email, SMS, web chat, and then maybe even dabbling depending where you're on the journey with social media and otherwise? Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll reserve the social media because that's, there is a lot of, you know, touchiness to the topic. Uh, but I, I think, I think, by and large, there is, uh, we have many uh, case studies in the recent past where uh, we are seeing, you know, certain areas where there is uh, uh, adoption rate, which has increased to about 20%, 25% towards digital channel uh, compared to traditional contact center methods, right? Uh, and and it's, it's, it's interesting is that, you know, uh, uh, there is an element which which we are actually working on right now uh, as part of our uh, next uh, 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 iteration in our product journey is that uh, not just you know making the you use the word omnichannel right it's a very powerful word it's a very powerful word uh, word and it's a complicated word as well right uh, and 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 when you look at omnichannel uh, our focus is that everything that a contact center channel can do should be eventually be self-served as well, right? Uh, depending on what, I mean, doesn't matter which medium, but it can be self-served, right? Somebody can call the IVR and, and you know, take a payment and finish the payment that's already happening. Uh, somebody can go to a chatbot and have a conversation with the chatbot and that's, that's already happening, right? Uh, so what I think what's going to happen interesting you know, uh, progression in this journey, what's going to happen is omnichannel will become a norm, right? It's not going to be an option anymore. It becomes an arm where anybody can start somewhere and end somewhere. But the important thing which won't, which we cannot lose focus on is opti-channel as well, right? As much as we use omnichannel, we should be using opti-channel because I said this before very early is understanding your customer is important. And if I can understand my customer like to a channel, I would rather have that customer use a channel rather than having to have him force elsewhere, right? So the power of omni-channel is important, but at the same time, focus on opti-channel should continue, right? Now, going back to your question about you know, the earlier comment in that, in that, in that you know, uh, uh, question was, how do you see this industry coming together, right? And and we've been talking to Noble Biz and many other uh, you know, partners in this space, in my opinion, you know, uh, it's going to be an ecosystem play. I think gone are the days that we will be individually operating our own little way of solving problem. I think it will be much more collaborative, you know, focused on bringing the ecosystem work seamlessly to solve a given problem, right? Uh, which is where, you know, our conversation with you all and, and, and the industry around contact center technology is very vital because we can sit here and solve all this problem and don't figure out a way to connect these things in an ecosystem. We've failed, right? 
Uh, and that's not what we want to be, right? Our focus is that how do we make sure that we play into this ecosystem for the ecosystem and with the various partners to bring the fully seamless solution so that individual organizations don't have to spend too much time building those integration paths and they can get to market and get to done quicker, right? And, and, I, and, I, and I hope I was addressing the question that you were asking because I went round and round and came to that point. But the focus where it's going to be is that how do we complete that ecosystem working as partners and not worry about what am I competing with you is going to be the big needle mover in coming years. A famous African proverb says that if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. At Nobel Biz, we have made it our mission to travel far and wide with our partners and clients. As a complete telecom services provider with over 20 years of experience in the industry, Nobel Biz offers the only voice carrier network designed with the sole purpose of serving call centers around the world. This contact center dedicated carrier network provides crystal clear voice traffic, up-to-date compliance tools, intelligent routing, and highly secure data protocols combined with 99.9% .9 uptime and easy setup. Our goal for 2022 is to become the ultimate partner and provider for the contact center industry by placing service quality at the top of our priority list. To top it off, at Nobel Biz, we have the most competitive cost per minute model in the industry. Need proof? Reach out to us and learn more about the Nobel Biz Voice Carrier Network at www.nobelbiz.com. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more around your choice of ecosystem. You know, I think for the longest time, the siloed approach was because that's what you were good at, right? That, that's your core competency. This is how you felt it was best usable in the market. And then you got your customer to adopt it. And it was up to the customer to figure out how do I then bring in these other parts of the ecosystem to create this holistic approach to my business. And sometimes it worked better than others, and sometimes it didn't work very well, right? And so we stuck with the micro areas that we can live in those silos. But ultimately, you're right, I, in my opinion, and from what I've seen, is the future does hold where systems are gonna be able to play nice together, faster, easier, better, and you're going to be able to work off other companies' core competencies and strengths that help you with where you're strong at and ultimately give better visibility, better self-service uh, when you do have to communicate via um, a call or an interaction with a human being, that it's these higher level issues. It's these more complex uh, interactions. And then ultimately, in the end, it allows you to have that dynamic run more tailored to the person you're talking to, which, which is great to hear on that dynamic. Now, from that perspective, when it comes to the other piece, right, we talked about compliance of security, you know, how do I comply with my architecture, my system? But then separate from that, how do you see and foresee how regulatory changes in the, the landscape changing from 20 years ago to now? How's that affected where and how CGI actually manages their interactions of your products and working with your customers? Yeah, I think, you know, when we look at when we look at some of the major regulatory changes that has come into effect in this industry is is also focused on keeping the end customers interest and 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 challenges in mind. Right. Uh, when, and when you look at regulatory uh, uh, impact in that space, if you ask me that if you're solving some of these problems that is out there because there is a regulatory need 
then I don't think we are solving the problem the right way. You know, in my humble opinion, regulatory needs are required to make sure that that the bad bad actors, you know, play by the rule, right? Uh, but but I, I in my opinion, the the system and the platform, be it security, be it about how do you how do you engage with your customer? How often do you engage with your customer? I, I think if if regulatory need to regulatory should be regulatory needs should be managed and reported back, and you know that's there is a reason for it. But systems and capabilities and ecosystem should not be building because there is a regulatory pressure to build that. Right? Uh, I think if if that happens, we missed an opportunity because we missed an opportunity not to correct connect the problem. Uh, to the potential challenge and solution, right? And and that is where I think it's it's going to be very interesting on how do we react to such things. You know, in 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 my opinion, we need to react to such regulatory demands to make sure that we report and comply. But at the core, we should continuously focus on anything we build. Is it helping? the end customer, the customers of our clients, right? You know, is it is it really providing them what they're looking for? And thereby, they can have a long-term relationship with our clients and our clients can have long-term relationship with us, right? So this is where it becomes a, like a ripple effect, right? How you solve this problem is important. Uh, I don't know if I gave you a direct answer to that. I know you, you want to talk about regulator, but in my opinion, it, it is still solving for the same, but our, our philosophy should be slightly different on this topic. Yeah, I mean, obviously don't want to dive too deep into regulations. Obviously, there's tons of them in this space. Reg F is the big one that a lot of people have been dealing with more recently. It has really impacted how people have to manage how often, how and in what way they can more granularly communicate uh, through this space. But with that said, without diving into that, it's more of, how does technology okay. and process today adapt more quickly to the ever-changing, you know, complexities that come that now are more granular in level, right? It's not like I can paint a broad brush and say, everybody gets this big way of approach to how I can comply. Now it's almost feeling like I have to comply with each individual customer or creditor, um, you know, differently. That's a good point. Obviously, from a technology standpoint, a lot of that lives within the systems that you provide. So I would have to understand that as you move forward, making your product more nimble, more flexible, more um, granular is extremely important. Do you see that as well going forward? Yes. And I think, you know, again, you know, the advantage that we have today is technology is is where where it can provide all this capability, right? You know, you don't you don't have to be, uh, you know, build something and then have to have an afterthought, oh my God, now I need to go do something and thereby everything that I did has to be unbundled, right? You don't have to worry about it, right? The, the, the system, the architecture, the word cloud native is another suitcase term, right? Where cloud nativeness capability brings that modularity into our system. So which is one of the reason you know, our our focus is is when we when we the platform that we build, we call this credit CGI Credit Studio. Uh, the platform, every capability is modular in itself. You know, in in other words, I you know if you look at if you do, you look at a collection offering, for instance, we have a separate module for something like a CRA, right? Uh, you know, which is a regulatory need, 
and how do I control and manage can be very specific to that. Uh, we have a separate word, you know, vertical or a module around loss mitigation, for instance, right? You know, how do you manage loss mitigation? How do you comply regulation within loss mitigation? How do you ensure that you track the loss mitigation so that you're not losing money? Uh, you know, those are all built into that that can be configured separately, right? And and we have something for foreclosure. So like that, you know, the season disses, so many. So we the technology brings a capability where you can clearly articulate your solution slice and dice it to a module that can be configured in itself without having you to, you know, break another monolith and fix it, right? So the monolith approach is gone. And and to your point, you, you said it perfectly well, is that, you know, technology is giving those kind of capabilities so that there is a regulatory change. If something changes, something were to, we can quickly adjust to it based on what's needed without having to unraveling this this, this mega box of some solution. Yeah, so I mean, I think this last part of our conversation, I'd love to be able to kind of shift topics to a little bit more of a personal note, right? We've had a great conversation around your story and journey through the evolution of CGI, seeing that those core values have stayed the same, but you've realized that the industry, your customer, and even a pandemic has forced change, both in how you can do and scale things faster. You can be more granular. You can limit the um, approach to just not saying, I'm going to have to rebuild everything because a new compliance regulatory change happened. It's like, hey, if we need to move at the pace of regulation or of what our customers need, we're able to be there throughout the journey. And it's also more holistic. It's not just we're here in one moment in time. We're trying to go through the whole journey, spread ourselves across the vision so that we can help the customers have those bullet points throughout each piece through more of an ecosystem approach. So if I've missed anything, I'd love to kind of have you add to that. Um, um, but if if we've covered kind of the big picture of that journey, I'd love to hear what is it that now you have all this work, you have all these great initiatives. What is it that you do in your personal life to have like a work-life balance? How do you disconnect from all this wonderful stuff? Um, I mean, uh, during COVID, another thing, right? During COVID, uh, uh, I I got hooked on to something that I never thought I would, uh, I would, that is running, right? You know, uh, uh, and, you know, I, I never ran before, but I started running right around the COVID time. And during COVID, I ran my first marathon, right? Uh, uh, you know, and I never thought I would run a marathon and I did, right? So, uh, and, and here I am, right? thinking about and planning my next marathon, which won't be this year, hopefully next year. Uh, but that running is one area uh, where I, I keep myself uh, un unwind in many ways, you know. And it's, it's so interesting when I go out for a run, I get some ideas as well, you know. Uh, and, 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 you know, I tell this to my team all the time. And this, this is my personal philosophy in personal life or even in my work life is, I believe in this concept, which is very weird, called as organized chaos, right? Or I, I intentionally organize chaos in so that we can think differently. We can make certain things that we ever thought would be possible, wouldn't be possible, but force on that. And we have our leader of U.S. operation, Tim Herlibus. Uh, he uses the term dynamic incompleteness, right? Oh, and, and that, that is, that is what it is. And for instance, for me in personal life, dynamic incompleteness, um, I enjoy golfing too, right? As, as much as I do, 
uh, enjoy golfing too. Uh, and you know, dynamic incompleteness. I enjoy the part of how complicated that game is. The incompleteness part is I've still not fixed my slice. I'll, I'm happy with it. <laughs> One fine day, it will fix itself. But besides all this, I think, you know, my personal treasure is my family. I think, you know, uh, I think everybody's as well here uh, uh, is that my personal treasure, my my source for energy, inspiration and support and comfort. It all comes from this family. Uh, uh, you know, my mom, my brother, uh, of course, uh, you know, but the boss at the house, uh, uh, the missus and two uh, two young daughters. Uh, you know, uh, you know. I know. I know almost every uh, pony name in My Little Pony. Right. You know. Uh, it's 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 fun. It's it's fun of, of of spending time with them because it it just lets you not think about anything that you should be thinking about. Just watch them grow. Have fun with them. But that's where I end up being. You know. If 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 Everything is frustrating. The one place which is not frustrating is 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 my family and the support they give me. Uh, even though sometimes I have some chaotic schedule and this, including my golf game, uh, you know, it's 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 a fine balance that we are all having here. Uh, but that's that's it. That's that's who I am personally. Uh, it's a simple guy with uh, a lot of uh, complicated problems like golf slice, uh, but. There's one place there's no complication, it's my family. Well, it's great to hear that you found even through the pandemic a way to spend energy time for yourself. And what's interesting is you were able to say that, hey, when I was able to clear my mind, when I was able to have a goal to do something with a very specific purpose, independent of your work, um, you, you have ideas that come up. You have these refreshing moments where you're able to maybe step out of the box that we live in every day, right? Pull off those blinders. But I think it's also probably in many ways refreshing to every other part of you, right? Your mind, your body, your soul, everything that allows you to say, how do I find a balance in the hours that are in a day for the different things that are important? And as you mentioned, family is huge. Obviously for me, it's huge as well. So I'm glad you were able to kind of share that more personal note on you because there's definitely a lot of business that we had covered today, but it's great to see that there's a Definitely some humor, and then hopefully you can work on that slice. But with that said, look, there's going to be people after this say, I need to talk to Hevant. I want to be able to have a conversation with you. I want to connect, or I want to understand more about CGI. How best could they go about doing it? Uh, I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, uh, Hemant Guru, very few Hemant Gurus that you can find uh, uh, with a bald head and a beard. But uh, yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, and uh, we do have... Uh, uh, our our you know email uh, our our marketing and sales team email ID that we can probably share through this uh, podcast that's available for them to contact us. Uh, like I've always mentioned, you know we only build solution to solve problems. So if there is a problem a client listening to this has, we are all ears. Uh, and of course, working within the ecosystem, right? You know, working with partners such as yourself uh, to help solve those kind of problem. Uh, is is where our focus will be, and we are happy to listen and 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 look at what that is and how can we help people. That's awesome. I'm so glad you joined today. Hopefully, our listeners got some great content and obviously a little bit 
about your personal um, approach to running and golfing. But with that said, we're at the end of the show. So um, look, everybody, we're getting to the end of this next season. We obviously want to get feedback, opinions, especially guest suggestions. So if you have any, please send it to info at noblebiz.com. And thanks again for listening. We appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day. Christian, awesome. Thank you for joining me in this conversation. If you're enjoying and learning from this podcast, please subscribe to our YouTube channel for exclusive clips. If you're listening to this on Apple and iTunes, we'd appreciate you leaving a review or hitting the five-star button. On YouTube, you can leave us reviews, comments, and suggestions for future podcast guests. In addition, if you want to get more valuable content on the contact center world, go to nobelbiz.com. My name is Christian Montez, and thanks for listening to another episode of First Contact Stories of the Call Center. Stay tuned for our next episode.